Father, speak to us. Your people have gathered this morning to listen. We need to hear your voice, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Welcome back to God's Word. We are in 1 John, and today's text is 1 John chapter 3, verses 24, the second part of uh, uh, 24, uh, through to chapter 4, verse 6, which I just read for you not too long ago. Um, I hope you can hear me and everything's fine. Uh, we've slightly changed the angle here, and I'm hoping that uh, there's no problem. Let's begin. If you want to title this sermon for this morning, write this down. A true believer truly abides in God. A true believer truly abides in God. I love it when you take notes. It means you're serious. It means that you want to learn and that you want to remember what God is teaching us. The Bible says, don't be uh, like the one who looks in the mirror and goes away and forgets. He says, but look into the word of God and make a change in your life because the word is like a mirror. Let's get started. When something is important or valuable, and if we don't get good knowledge about it, the complete learning, the complete knowledge about it, we run the risk of being deceived. When something is valuable, if you buy an expensive product, an expensive gadget, and you don't know everything about it, and you don't know how to use it, and you don't know how to take care of it, then you run the risk of uh, being deceived. You run the risk of uh, misusing or abusing it. As parents, as elders, even as friends, we are constantly making sure that those around us, the ones we love, are protected from deception. We do that because we love each other, because we care about each other. We tell, tell our children over and over and over again, don't do this, be careful of this, don't go there, think about this, be, be wise about this, be discerning about this. We are constantly looking at that. We're constantly responding, we're constantly uh, covering, we're constantly explaining. Why? Because we don't want people to be deceived. There is a lot of deception out there, plus we don't have all the wisdom and understanding all the time. We don't want people to be duped, and so we are constantly uh, nourishing, we are constantly warning people around us. When it comes to things that are spiritual, an area that is beyond many of us, we live in the physical, we are very familiar with the physical, math, science, geography, uh, medical engineering, uh, things around us, things we can touch, things we can measure, things we can, uh, we can uh, uh, see, things we can uh, mold and change. That's easy. But when it comes into the spiritual realm, when we talk about things of the spirit, things of God, things of demons, things of angels, when we step into the unknown where we can't sense, can't judge, can't see, can't discern, then we need to be well-warned, well uh, well uh, uh, equipped, well girded and guarded because it is unknown territory. Unknown territory. This passage of scripture that has been given to you is one of warning, one of learning. One of, he just says it so beautifully in chapter 4 verse 1. My beloved, do not be deceived. My beloved. If you get nothing from this morning, I want you to go away with that. Beloved, do not be deceived. What a beautiful, beautiful warning. So take it as a father sitting next to you and saying, my son, my daughter, just be careful, okay? Whatever you do, be careful. Yeah, yeah, I'll be careful. No, 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 no. Be careful. 
be careful. So if you go back to verse 24 of the previous chapter, because you know it's a flow, and the chapters and verses were not there when the writers did write them in the beginning, and their thoughts continued to flow. So you go back to that verse of scripture, and that says, whoever keeps his commandments, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God abides in him. So the whoever is those who love him and those who obey his commandments. You can't obey your commandment unless you've listened to him. And you won't listen to him unless you are of God. So he's talking to his people. He's talking to those who can hear his commandments. Those who keep his commandments abide in God and God abides in them. We talked about this last week. And if you missed that sermon, you can always go back to YouTube and listen to it again. Or you can download my app. It's there. Listen to it again. There you go. Whoever keeps his commandment, what, is, what happens? Abides in God and God abides in him. There's a, there's a harmony. There's a fellowship there. Okay. But I want you to pick up on this. So firstly, write it down. True believers are sure about their abiding in God. True believers know how to abide in God. How? By obeying his commandments. But the second thing is what we really want to look at today is true believers also are sure of the spirits abiding in them. Right? So when we talk about being sure about abiding in God, how do you do that? By obeying his commandments. You're not listening. Listen to me. How do we make sure that we are abiding in God? By obeying his commandments. But how do you make sure that the Holy Spirit is abiding in me? How can I be sure that I have the Spirit of God and he's living in me and he's walking through me with me and he is leading me and guiding me and he is uh, and he's judging and kind of uh, discerning what, what's in my life, what's coming into my life, what's going out of my life. How can I be sure? Watch this. And by this, verse 24, and by this, we know, oh, I love that. I love that it's not a, a guess. We guess or we, we think or we feel. No, it's we know. Uh, by this, we know that he abides in us. How? By the spirit whom he has given us. By the spirit whom he has given us. So how do we know that God abides in us? By the spirit of God. Capital S, yes. Capital S, by the Holy Spirit that he's given to us. How do I know I'm abiding in God? by obedience to his commandments. How do I know he's abiding in me? By the presence of his Holy Spirit in our life. Stop. My brother, my sister, do you experience, do you know, do you sense, do you enjoy the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life? A true believer who truly confessed their sin, acknowledged Christ as Lord and Savior, was given the Holy Spirit at the point of belief. And the Holy Spirit is not a part of God, a bit of God, a portion of God, an anointing. It's not a, uh, it's not a promise. It, it's called all those things, but it is God himself. It is God himself come to live in you. And if you are genuine, if you are a true believer, then you will have the Holy Spirit in your life. Again, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to know and be sure that you do, because that changes the playing field. It changes everything in the way you do life with God. We know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. We'll talk about this more as we go into the future.
future. So true believers are sure about abiding in God. True believers are also sure about the Spirit's abiding in them because that's how they know that God's abiding in them by His Spirit. Now, if it's spiritual, and this is what John wants you to get today. This is what he wants you to get. If it's spiritual, it's an area you're not very, very familiar with. It's new uncharted territory. It's new ground for many of us, especially as he speaks to little children, especially as he speaks to beloved little children, immature, growing in the faith. We're still very physical. We still want milk. We still don't get the, the bigger things that are happening beyond these eyes that can see. He says, beloved, he says, beloved, do not believe every Look at your text. Do not believe every spirit. Smallest, biggest, smallest. Do not believe every spirit, but test, test the spirits. All right? Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Go back to verse 24, please. Chapter 3, verse 24. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Now, as soon as you enter into the spiritual realm, there is potential for deception. As soon as you enter into the spiritual realm, there is potential for deception. When it's a maths issue, you can grab your calculator, you can go to your computer, you can double check, and you can make sure. When it's a geography issue, when it's a science issue, when it's a relational issue, you can go back to the person and you can double check. When it's a spiritual issue, when it is a God versus devil issue, when it is a demonic oppression issue, when Satan is tempting and that's an issue, whenever it's beyond what you can see, measure, touch, feel, my brothers and sisters, you need to test it. Because once you enter into the realm of the unfamiliar, the spiritual realm, until you are strong and discerned and you are able to tell what is of God and what is not of God, what is of God and what is not of God. So far, our big talk about God's will is, uh, you know, what we're going to eat, where we're going to stay, who we're going to marry. It's very basic. It's fundamental. It's basic. It's just absolutely everyday stuff. And God wants you to grow little children to young men, uh, young men to fathers. God wants you to grow in your faith. So he says, since you have entered into the realm of the spirit, you must know there is potential for deception. So test every spirit. How do you know that God abides in you? By his spirit. How do you know it is his spirit? How do you know it is his spirit? How can you be sure it's not some other spirit that has given you a false gospel that you have believed? Because there is potential for deception and there is deception out there. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you read. All who call on the name of Jesus aren't saved. All who sound and, and, and act and smell like us aren't us. We are different. I'll come to you at the last verse on that. We are different. We are the Lord. And I'll show you what makes us of the Lord. Why are we of the Lord and others not? Let's get into it. I love this verse. Do it again. Chapter one, chapter four, verse one. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. The first one, he says, every spirit. And the second one is plural. Test the spirits. 
So don't believe everything you hear. Test everything you suspect. Are you writing notes? Take this down. Do not believe everything you hear and test everything you suspect. All right. What do I test it for? I'm in the text right now. So don't take your eyes off the text. What do you test it for? To see whether they are who they, the spirits, they are from God. To see whether these spirits are from God. Now, when you talk about spirits, you can't see the spirits. So we are always connecting the spirit to the voice. So the word of God and the spirit of God is synonymous. To know something is of the spirit of God is to know the word of God. To know the word of God and obey the word of God is to abide in God. So the word that's coming from these spirits are lies. The word that's coming from the Holy Spirit is truth. He is the spirit of truth and the other spirits will give words of lies. So they're not going to come boo and scare you in the middle of the night. They're not going to put a bed sheet and spook you out. These are not those kind of spirits. These are spirits that are going to come through the world, come through the internet, come through books, come through knowledge, come through pride, come through research, come through the knowledge that has expanded in the mind of the modern man. And from there, deception will enter your heart. True believers test spirits for genuine focus on Christ. Write it down. True believers test the spirits by genuine focus on Christ. How do they do that? By testing the spirits firstly. By testing the spirits firstly. How do they test the spirits? Or rather, why do they test the spirits? To see whether they are from God. Why do they test the spirits? Because, look at it, many false prophets have gone out into the world. Gone out into the world. Gone out into the world. How many? Many. Many. There's one Holy Spirit one source of truth, many sources of lies, many different versions of the lie, many different colors and presentations of the lie. And the lie will always be presented to you, my dear brother, <coughs> my dear sister, based on the psychology that they have been observing of you and what you are most vulnerable with. Are you someone that's easily given in to controversy, well, it'll come through controversy. Are you someone that's easily given to the mysticism? It'll come through mysticism. Are you someone that's easily given into relationships? It'll come through relationships. Someone you trust will lead you astray. Is it, does it come through? Uh, are you someone who, who, who doesn't read the word and just wants a mystical sort of a, 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 a supernatural experience? It'll come through the supernatural experience. The Satan will grant you what you're looking for. If you don't abide in the word, God's will, God's presence is in his word. Even the false spirits will come to you through the word. And if you don't know the real word, you'll fall for the fake word. The fake word appeals to the flesh. So it is tempting. It is tempting. It tells you everything's okay. It tells you you don't need to change. It tells you you deserve better. It tells you you deserve to be happy. It tells you that you are bigger, better than others. It tells you why should you care? It tells you why should you die? Let them die. Why should you lose? Let them lose. It doesn't care. 
you test them. Why? Because they come into the world to see whether they are from God or not. And then he says in verse, uh, in verse 2 and 3, he says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. It is the focus on the Lord Jesus Christ that makes it genuine as a gospel. Anything that focuses off Jesus is not the true gospel. The gospel is about Jesus and not about you. It's good news that glory has returned to God the Father by what Jesus has done on the cross and not that you have been saved. You have been saved is not the good news. You have been saved is the byproduct of Jesus loving his Father to bring him back the glory so that once everything has been put under Christ, he will then put everything under God so that God may be all in all and give him back the glory and give back to God what Adam should have given and this second Adam will succeed. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. The false gospel will make it about you. The false gospel will elevate you. The false gospel will make you feel good. The false gospel will put you in the center. And that's not the real gospel. Test them. Test them. Don't believe everything you hear. Test everything you suspect. Even me. What I preach, test it. True believers test the spirits for the genuine focus on Christ. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You thought that's a name and a surname? Let me break it down for you. Every spirit that confesses the Savior that is sent from God. Jesus Christ. Jesus means Savior. Jesu. Joshua. Yeshua, Yeshua, Jesus, it means Savior, Messiah, Christ, which means the sent one, the one come from God. If you believe the gospel and the gospel preaches that Jesus is the sent one from God and he is in the flesh and he came and died for us and he, by his death, gives us life so that we, by our death, live his life. That's the gospel. By the spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Christ Jesus is not from God. Don't listen to them. Oh, but a lot of it is great stuff, Pastor Jeremy. A lot of it is good stuff. I mean, I bought his book and, you know, it's just so encouraging. Satan knows how to encourage you. Satan knows how to make you feel good. And by the way, you think encouragement is feeling good. Whereas encouragement means, encouragement means building courage into. So when you are feeling fearful outside, you are filled with courage on the inside. That's when you feel courage to, to face your fears and walk in God's will. That's encouragement. Encouragement is not inspiration. Encouragement is not picking you up when you're feeling low because you've been worshiping yourself. But Pastor Jeremy, I just, I just love the way he speaks. I love the way he writes. I love, I love, uh, you can love it. But if a part of the apple is bad, you chuck the whole apple. 
and that's just an apple. When a part of a gospel is bad, a message is bad, a preacher is bad, a ministry is bad, you can't just pick and choose. Because once they have moved away from the precious blood of Christ and repentance and the cross and that which is owing to the Father, it is owing to the Father. See, when man broke uh, trust with God, he broke and violated trust with God. When he broke a covenant with God, he was banished from the garden, from the presence of God. After that, it took the blood of Jesus Christ to write a new covenant and wash us clean and thereby bring us back to God. The gospel is not about living a good life here. The gospel is about living a great life in heaven. And there's so much more to the truth of the gospel. Be careful what books you read. Be careful what names you worship. Be careful who you listen to and what you listen to. Test every spirit. And I will not say names from here, but they are all around you. And they are better at marketing. They are better at printing. They are better at presentation because many who are not of God have joined their church and paid and supplied well for them to propagate a gospel that you will fall for. My brother, my sister, be careful. Be careful. True believers overcome deceit because they listen to God's word regularly. True believers overcome deceit because they listen to God's word regularly. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, he says. Test every spirit. Which spirit? Many have gone on in the world. What, how do you know that their spirit? It doesn't preach Jesus. It doesn't center Christ in the gospel. Uh, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard coming in from the world and has already come. How do you overcome this? Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. You are from God and have overcome them. Spirits that do not confess Christ. There, you have overcome them. How have you overcome them? Verse 5. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. They talk from a worldly perspective. They talk from, talk from a marketing perspective. They talk from a physical career and a professional perspective. They talk from a the enjoy life perspective. They talk from a this world perspective. They talk from a you will be great perspective. You have overcome that. How have you overcome that? How have you learned what is true and what is false? By listening to the word. Verse 6. We are from God. Underline from God. How do we know that? Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. Whoever knows God listens to us and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. That's our gospel. That's what John is saying here. He says, we have got the gospel from the spirit of God and anyone who is not of the world, not of God, will not listen to us. Anyone who, who is of God will listen to us. By this we know, this is the last verse, underline this. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error by listening to 
God's word. What makes you sharp to be able to pick lies out? Listening to God's word, hearing God's word, knowing God's word. How much is the word getting into you? If there are many spirits and one Holy Spirit, if there's one truth and many lies, then how well are you equipped to guard yourself from the many lies that are coming in from all around you? How are you able to tackle it? By listening to the word of God, listening to servants of God, listening to uh, audio Bible, listening to to books that encourage and deeply strengthen your faith, ratified, clarified books that strengthen your faith by listening to theology instead of listening to inspiration, by listening to theology instead of listening to inspiration. Theology centers around God, theos. Inspiration centers around you, I, inspiration. Quit that. Stop trying to feel good about yourself and try to look forward to the goodness that you have in heaven. By this we know what? The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because there is a spirit of error. There is a spirit out there in the world that is trying to deceive. You've got to know that. You've got to know that. Because not, nothing else you're learning in the world, information around the world, is considered truth. There's no absolutes when it comes to other information and data. But when it comes to God and what God says, God's word is truth. And where there is a truth, there will be a lie. Where there is a truth, there will be a lie. Because God, Satan wants your people to be, his people to be deceived. Hey, Satan wants his people to not know the truth. If he can get you to waste your life thinking you're, a, you're an actual Christian. Okay, I'm going to say that again. If he can get you to waste your life thinking you're an actual Christian. If he can get you to be impressed with your own worship and with your own words and giving and acts and, 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 and your works. If he can get you to be impressed with your traditions and your ceremonies. Have you believed that you are a believer when you never really fell on your knees in the, before the cross? You can't remember when you repented of your sin. You can't remember when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't remember the experience of being taken from darkness to light for your mind being blown open with the truth of God and the joy of the Lord flood you. You can't remember your conversion. If he can just get you to say, ah, you did that. all that is, this is what, that's all he wants. Where there's a truth, there's a lie. In fact, there are many lives because they're going to hit you from everywhere. So my brother and sister, my dear friend, the Bible says, do not be judgmental. Okay. And the world also says we should not be judgmental. We should be tolerant. I totally agree. Totally agree. You must not judge people. You must not judge souls. You must not judge salvation. But you must judge error. You must judge theology. You must judge preaching and teaching and, and principles. You must judge truth. Go back to verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. I want you to look into your book collection. I want you to look at the books that you read a lot. Do they make you turn from your sin or do they make you feel good about yourself? Do they teach you to love your wife better? Do they teach you to, to bring up your kids better? Do they teach you to face 
your demons, face your, your brokenness? Does it teach you to change your life, say no to yourself? Or does it teach you to exalt yourself and make a great life out of this 30, 40, 50 years you have left of this miserable existence that one small virus can completely topple over? What are the books on your table? What, what's the word going into your ear? Test it. Test it. By this you know the truth. The word of God. The word of God. So if you want to brace yourself, you want to guard yourself from error, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Listen to the word of God more than you need. Because sometimes you will need it. Let me close with this. A pseudo-gospel will produce pseudo-disciples. A gospel that's gentle on sin will be gentle on sinners. An invitation, gospel invitation, an invitation that doesn't require repentance, won't require regeneration, saying no to yourself, dying to yourself, being born and made anew. An invitation that doesn't require repentance won't require regeneration. One more. A discipleship that doesn't call the self to die will not call Christ to live through me. A discipleship that doesn't call the self to die will not call Christ to live. Dearly beloved, you are of God. How do you know? Because you listen to what John is saying. You listen to us. And you should know, dearly beloved, that not all the spirits out there are telling the truth. The Holy Spirit has spoken the truth and there are many who have gone into the world and are trying to deceive the very elect. And if you are not on God, you will be taken by deception. Don't judge people. Judge theology. Judge teaching. Judge principles. If you go to the fruit market and you go to the vegetable market and by hand you pick everything and you check and you check and if you give that much importance to fruit that's going into your mouth, vegetable that's going into your digestive system, why don't you check what's going into your heart, what's going into your mind? Don't accept everything everyone is saying. And let me warn you, lies is not going to come poorly presented. It's going to come in flashing colors with brilliant photo editing and video editing. It's going to come to you with pizzazz. It's going to come to you with beautiful music. And it's going to come, not all that is that is necessarily wrong, but you're not going to know when it hits you if you don't have the word in you. Guard yourself. Guard yourself. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. I'm praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. And the Lord loves you. He wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't that he loved you. Father God, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for a word in season. Thank you for the truth. Thank you, Lord, that even if it hurts, that we have to root out some lies that we have believed. Lord, it is all for our good. Thank you that one day we will see the face of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Thank you for the hope that one day we will hold a hand that has a permanent scar in it because it died on the cross for me, because it was nailed to the cross for me. Thank you, O oh God, that the arms that once were nailed to the cross will one day hug me and receive me into eternal life. Lord, saying no to myself and living a few years of this life uh, uh, for you, Lord, is no cost, no cost. It's no cost for you, Jesus. It's no cost for you, Jesus. 
Anything you ask of us is no cost for you. For what you've done for us, Jesus, nothing you ask of us is too much. We will love you. We will die for you. We will give our lives for you. We will even not be embarrassed for you. We will not be ashamed for you. We will speak your name and we will speak your word. And we will cling to all that which is true. For you are worthy. You are worthy to receive praise and glory and honor, dominion and power. To your name be glory and majesty forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. We love you, Jesus. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. You are dearly blessed, strongly guarded, deeply forgiven, greatly loved, and greatly resourced for this coming week. Act like it. May the Lord bless you. Have a great day.